right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Fire Builders Live. My name is Josh Corporal, and like always, streaming live from the porch, Key West, Florida. And today, I have very special guest, Amber Trueblood, on the show. Amber, welcome to Fire Builders Live. Hey, Josh. Thanks for having me here. From yes. Coast to coast this morning. Coast to coast. Uh, I love it. I cannot wait to talk about this topic with you today. Before we get into it, let me explain to everybody that is watching and listening what in the world we are doing here on Fire Builders Live. What we do is we bring on amazing people like Amber. We take these big ideas, these big goals, and we break them down into small steps. Things that you can consistently do on a daily basis to improve. Try and simplify the process, you know? And that's what we're going to do today. Today is all about how moms can stay sane and elevated in 2021. 2020 was quite the year. And uh, and I can't think of anybody better than Amber to talk about how we can improve this upcoming year. Licensed marriage and family therapist, author, speaker, wonderful mom to four sons, which by the way, like if you go to her website, uh, she talks about her family on the site, which I've never seen before. I thought that was so cool. Just by the way, a little side note. Uh, but she runs a tight ship, right? Living at the crossroads between, you know, just being a mom, psychology, neuroscience, biohacking, and family dynamics. But what's so cool about this whole thing is that her advice, she doesn't just, she doesn't just talk about this stuff. She practices what she preaches. Her advice is road tested. What do I mean by that? Actually, quite literally road tested. For instance, she traveled for years to over 60 U.S. cities as her kids performed in the musical, the hit musical School of Rock. So you have some amazing stories and secrets on keeping everybody sane, the family life sane during life on the road. The things that you have learned on the road doing those trips apply just as well to anybody working at home with their family. So that is why I'm so excited to have you on the show. Amber, thank you again and welcome to Fire Builders Live. Thank you so much, Josh. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. All right. Well, you mentioned coast to coast. You're on the West Coast. Tell everybody just uh, just to start out, where are you specifically and what, man, what are the days like in Amber's life these days? Yeah, well, we're in San Diego. I have four boys. Uh, they're 8, 10, 11. I always have to stop and think about it. Uh, and 13 right now. And honestly, like that life on the road that you mentioned, really taught us so many lessons. You know, first of all, we were together 24 seven and we were doing virtual learning. We weren't doing regular school. So that was like the ultimate preview for what we've been in these last nine months. Right. And so it was once we saw, oh, I see what's happening. All right. We've done this before. Let's shift back into that personally. And then it really allowed me the space professionally to take what we've learned and help Others who were like, what is happening? How do I deal with this? So it's been a real gift because I I really like to help people. And so it's like, hey, I've got some tools. Let me see if this might help you. Seriously, like I learned this on the road in some of the, like I would imagine it's when you think about road trips like that, especially with your whole family, it's not always, it's not always like the prettiest picture. For sure. And I do have to say like, you know, part of everything I talk about with my audience and in my courses is knowing yourself, being kind to yourself and being really honest with yourself about what will work for you. Not like in general, but like specifically right now, because you're a different person than you were a year ago and you're going to be a different person with different values and different family dynamics 
in a couple years from now. So like that trip for us worked beautifully at that time. It aligned with what we wanted to do, which was travel, have a different sort of education. Um, my husband was looking for a transition from his work. So it worked out really well. If you had told me I was going to do that a couple years prior when the kids were younger, I would have been like, that sounds like a nightmare. That's the worst <laughs> possible thing ever. I hate you for even talking about it. So it depends on the timing. But at that particular time in our life, it was it was amazing. It was wonderful. So, you know, well, it, you have to be really honest with yourself. Yeah. Well, okay. So go like, tell everybody just a little bit of, about what you actually did. Like you were, you were traveling, but it's not like, it's not like easy traveling where you got to stay in a couple places and relax in a hotel. Like this was fun, but also like stressful in a way. It was. Um, and I'm going to keep circling it back to like, because it fit what we were looking for at that time. So what I had realized about myself was that I love change. I was done. I was over with doing the same thing every day. It was making my brain want to like collapse in and <laughs> itself. And so, um, and I was really missing travel. Now there's a difference when you have a bunch of kids between trips and vacations, right? So, you know, there were years when every time we went somewhere, it was it was really, really difficult. It was like nobody would sleep. It it was everybody else had fun and I was miserable. Okay. Yeah. But it seemed like for me. So this trip was different in that I was ready for it. I was getting full nights of sleep. I had started meditating, which completely changed my ability to like sleep through the night, which did you meditate in the morning or did you meditate right before bed? So I actually had gone through while we were on the road, I did a transcendental meditation training, which had oh. been my like bucket list for years. And so I went through TM and literally the first day. So TM is like 20 minutes twice a day. The first day I tried it and I had been on like Tylenol PM and Advil and Lunesta and like worked my way up to Ambien. Like I was panicked that I wouldn't sleep for years. The, literally the first day I did that, I slept like a baby and I haven't used sleep aid since. Like it was mind boggling. It's like that's it's like that scene in Fight Club, you know, where he like cries for the first time and just lets it all out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fight Club. Yeah, that's a good analogy for my life. <laughs> so yeah, so the trip was um so this is what it looked like. Um, we had not, my kids were like, didn't have agents. They didn't, we weren't in that world in LA. We were living in LA at the time. And my husband's work was in that world. So we actually were like on purpose, like making sure our kids didn't go into that world. Cause that wasn't something that aligned with what we wanted to do with our lives. Um, as far as parenting is concerned, but they all played instruments and, you know, through a combination of like, weird coincidences, a very good friend of ours said, Hey, there's, they were in the theater world. They said, Hey, there's a musical that's looking for kids that are like legit musicians first, and then can be taught to like act and sing. <laughs> and so I sent a video, one thing led to another. And about nine months later, I think it was, um, he got offered the role. Um, and, you know, I looked at my husband and because he had been in the entertainment industry and we had traveled for his work prior to this. So we had had a little bit of experience doing like three months in Cleveland, three months in Atlanta, three months in New Orleans. Like we had done stuff like this before when the kids were smaller. And then when I had the fourth kid, I was like, 
I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Then we had been home in LA for a while. Anyway, so we, um, so he, I looked at my husband and we both knew, Hey, we either figure out logistically and financially how to all go together and do it together as a group or, or we pass. We just don't. Yeah. We won't do it or it's not, it's not right for us. Um, so we were able to figure it out. We VRBO'd our house. Like, you know, we, we, you know, rented out our cars. We took care of everything and we hit the road. And so what it looked like was um, pretty much every week was a new city. The, um, there were eight shows a week, just like a regular, it was a Broadway touring musical. So there's eight shows a week, meaning that mean two a day. Kind of thing. Two shows on Saturdays, two shows on Sundays. Mondays are dark, and then one show the rest of the week. So Mondays is are your only day off, but that's the day that you travel. So that's the day that you spend three hours. I could never get it below three hours cleaning up the Airbnb or the residence in. Mind you, we didn't fit in one hotel room, so we uh-huh. get two hotel rooms. We'd have to get two rental cars if it was a city that required like that we needed transportation. And, and I can't tell you how many rental car agencies were like, oh, you guys could fit in a big minivan. And I was like, <clears throat> like I do this all the time. Don't tell me. Yeah. You have 12 pieces of luggage. If it was a winter, if it was like winter, we had like 12 checked bags. And if it was summer, we had like not, I could get it down to like nine, but we were traveling with scooters, helmets, skateboards, um, a ton of books, like real books, because I'm a super big book nerd. And so are my kids. And I like real books. So people, so that's crazy. Right. Um, you know, and we would like every single piece of luggage was like 48.2. <laughs> right. Cause you're trying to like mask under. Yeah. And so anyway, so every week was, you know, renting new places to stay, um, cars, uh, you know, figuring out groceries, like Instacart pre-ordering because, you know, some of these cities, like you get there at 10 o'clock at night, nothing's open. I got to, I got to feed six people and I got to feed them first thing in the morning. And then they have rehearsals. I mean, so, and then we were, you know, exploring the cities, you know, so every city was different. Some were, you know, we went, um, Whitewater rafting in Colorado. We were in the Everglades. We were in Florida for four weeks. Um, that was amazing. We went snorkeling in the Keys down by you. Yeah. We yep. Met an astronaut uh, in uh, Toronto and um, a bunch of musicians uh, all over the place. I mean, it was just, it was, you know, saw Niagara Falls and Mammoth Caves in Kentucky. It was, it was crazy. It's like all of the, stressful kind of like tough in the moment logistical problems and and challenges that you had to overcome they get negated essentially by all of the amazing beautiful moments that you have that you would have never had an opportunity to do especially as a family tools that i really implore people to use now because it's magical and it's free and it's easy is mantras like i use mantras and affirmations all the time and so i had one for i had several actually for the trip um but one of them i switched and i think in an important way that speaks to what your point just now is it was um like i'm so grateful that this trip is like going smoothly and easily and is fun and da, da, da. i had all of these you know kind of words that I wanted to make sure that I was focused on. Um, but 
about three months into it, I realized, man, you know, everybody else is having a great time. I'm exhausted. Um, and so I added that I wanted it to be fun for me as well. And what that allowed me to do was very consciously, like if there was a night before a, a travel day and I had thought, excuse me, the option between like going out for drinks with some of the other parents during the show or doing some or taking my kids somewhere fun or like prepacking because that was like the wise thing to do. I would ask myself, it made it much more easy to make that choice. No, you know what? This sounds really fun. I'm going to do that, you know, or maybe it didn't. Maybe fun meant like, you know what? I'm going to, you know, put on some Netflix and, you know, and just take a bath while my husband goes and takes everybody skateboarding because it's been too hot all day and they're going to go at night, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's a super important part that you have to make the conscious decision to have fun at that point, right. To allow yourself to do it. I think that's, I think that's fantastic. And by the way, you can swear on this show. It's okay. If you know, right. This is <laughs> in case, in case you're wondering this, <laughs> this is, this is uh yeah, this is like the tall ship R rated version. Uh, by the way, let me put these up before I forget. So Scott, it's saying another day, another great guest. Scott's with us. Mm-hmm. Lyndon talking about, uh, um, transcendental meditation, sleep like a baby. She does that as well. Sterling, said right there with you, Gabby Bernstein meditation challenge has totally helped me with my sleep patterns. That is awesome. And then Perian says the gift of travel my parents gave me as a kid has made me such a resilient person. And I would imagine that when your kids look back on this, they are going to feel the exact same way. Yeah, I think so. We, you know, we talk about it often. It's obviously like led this period of time to be even more special in us you know, to appreciate the times where we had these opportunities and we did jump on them in the moment because so many times you have an opportunity and you think, oh, that sounds wonderful. I really want to do that. But maybe next year, maybe in two years. And this has been such an amazing potential gift for all of us to realize, hey, you know, when things do change and you have the opportunity to do the things that are in your heart, will you then step forward and do it, make it happen? You know? so something that, yeah, it's exactly like something that everybody has to tackle and deal with and, and wrestle in their own minds. I, uh, I'm curious, like as you, so now as you reflect on this, because I've done trips too, where in the moment you're just like, uh, like it was, you no, know, it, you could do as many mantras as you wanted, but sometimes like things just, it wouldn't go right. And, but those are the times that I look back and I'm the most proud of getting through and tackling and stuff like that's the stuff that I, makes me smile now, you know, kind of thing as a mom, right. The biggest was, would you say that the biggest challenge was feeling the responsibility to make everything work? Um, like being responsible for everything or what was, you know, what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced? I'm kind of an achievement junkie. So I get a, a high off of that, checking things off, you know, like scheduling things ahead. But I couldn't do that if I didn't have a good team around me. And so my husband and I, you know, have a nice, and I don't want to call it division of labor, but agreement, you know, kind of a natural agreement of where our geniuses lie, you know, so it was very made it possible, you know, so that he would, you know, take all four, get them out, get them, you know, scootering around doing things that don't sound fun to me at all, you know, and he would go explore and go take them like on their scooters all over Washington, D.C., you know, in the freezing cold. And and we happened to be in D.C. for the two weeks that there was a government shutdown. So not one museum was open. 
not oh, and the only museum that wasn't government owned uh, is like there's like a really cool spy museum and that was closed for construction and i was like are you kidding me are you kidding me? <laughs> so you know it was all, you know all of those things happened but because we were able to kind of divide it up it worked really well and like knowing i think this this aligns with like really knowing not only what you're good at but what you enjoy doing um, and, you know, I was thinking about as I was looking at what would be helpful to both parents and non-parents during this time is, you know, you've heard of the Eisenhower matrix, that little square that's like when you have a, so many things on your list to do and you think, okay, I, d- I need to divide this up to things that I'm going to delegate, things that I'm going to delay, things that I'm going to completely delete and things that I'm going to like do right now. That's like so important. And I think especially for um, moms, because lots of times we carry this mental list of 8 million things. Now, not all 8 million are valid right now. Do you have any control of right now? Maybe you don't have any control over any of them. So for me, like that's a nice little, um, tool to use where you can say, okay, all right, out of all of these millions of things, what like three do I really need to do, you know? And then what can I delegate to my children? And how is that teaching them, you know, skills and responsibility and independence and, you know, and then like what things not to delegate? Like I always tell people, don't delegate your triggers. Like if you know that like having crap all over the kitchen table drives you nuts, don't ask anybody else to take care of it because chances are they're not going to do it in the way that you want it done or as soon as you want it done. And it's just going to serve to like inflame your frustrations. Right. Oh man, That's a good point. Your triggers, like just do them yourself. There's lots of other things you can delegate. I'm sure. So delegate something else. Don't delegate your triggers. That's, that's a really good point. You're right. Because chances are they're going to do it, but they're not going to do it to the satisfaction of you. And it's just going to make the whole situation worse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So responsibility for that and know what they are. And and that's what like, I, I love to give little simple tools like that because so many of them there, it's really simple. It may not be easy because you're in the habit or you think, well, they should do that. It, it benefits them too. Okay. Let's be honest with ourselves. Does it bother them if it's a mess for 12 hours? No. Are they doing it really just because they know it it would make you happy. Yes. Okay. Well, let's be honest with ourselves. <laughs> well, as you, okay. So going back to like delegating things with yeah. to your kids, right? I, I 100% agree. I mean, coming from the tall ship world, it's better to give people response, more responsibility and let them feel, let them feel proud about getting something done. Right. Like that sense of pride that they're able to handle it and stuff instead of having them and sometimes it, it took a little while to teach people what you wanted and how to do something and to work with them and stuff. Is a uh, is that what you find now with your kids? Like like they're they're st- you know they're not eager to take the responsibility on is is not what I'm trying to say, but they are definitely more receptive to understanding where they sort of fit in the family structure and do they start doing things on their own instead of you just constantly like nagging them. Yeah. <laughs> the nagging gets real tiring real quick. So there's a, there's a couple things you can do is one, you can make it funny and light right now. There's a lot of heaviness emotionally, psychologically, mentally. There's a lot of stress, a lot of overwhelm and a lot of heaviness. So I think it's more important than ever right now to bring some lightness and playfulness and silliness in your life too, not just with your kids, but like you do it, even if you have no kids anywhere near you. 
everybody needs a little bit of lightness in their life right now. So for instance, to bring it back to the nagging, um, when we started homeschooling, I got really tired, really tired of telling people, hey, did you make your bed? Did you get dressed? Did you brush your teeth? Did you make your bed? Did you get dressed? Yes, but you didn't brush your teeth. Okay. Well, did you? Uh, oh my God. With four different kids and three, di- it was it was too much. So I just started calling it the trifecta. Did you do your trifecta? Because then I just have to remember one word. I just have to say, <laughs> you know, and uh, and then they started calling it the trifecta of terror because it's fun. <laughs> and I took that, you know, hey guys, do you, did you do your trifecta of terror? That's what it became known as. Um, and it was so much more it was easier. It still got the point across and it made it lighter. It made it less aggravating for everybody. And then I would have them bring me a list of what they were going to accomplish that day. So I'm a list person. And so they would each bring me a list. Some of them would, you know, just spend, you know, half an hour drawing this intricate list with decorating it and colors, you know, and so that in and of itself like you could see the kids' personalities, how differently they would compose. Yeah. And then I would just give them a structure for it. So it was, hey, make sure it has some outside time. It has some creative projects. It has um, some instrument. They all play instruments. So some time, you know, working on your music um, and then some academic stuff. And so I would give them kind of the framework and then they would add in funny, you know, funny jokes too. And so then it got too jokey. And I would say, OK, 20 percent can be joke things on the list, um, like, you know, bother my brother or, you know, make mom laugh would be the bottom one. I would laugh, I would check it off, you know? And so I'd say, okay, well now it's getting too funny. Can't let's have 20, let's bring it down, but teaching them that responsibility and that independence. And then a few weeks into the homeschooling, they, we didn't really need the lists anymore. They were able to circle back on their own and I would see them. And if I saw them circling, And I would tell them, look, if you're somebody who needs more structure, then we can make that more structured. We could say, hey, at nine o'clock, you want to do this or before breakfast, you're going to do this. And after lunch, you're going to do this. I try to teach them to be aware for themselves how much structure they need, you know, and uh, and how, you know, and then we work with that. But it brings me back to like something I've been thinking a lot about lately, Josh, and this is the the balance where we were talking about a fulcrum and a seesaw earlier, Yep. the balance between fear and confidence. And there's a lot of fear in this world right now. And because of all the uncertainty and because of the lack of control and not knowing um, and the balance between that is confidence. And so how do you get confidence? And that's like being really clear with yourself, being honest with yourself, um, knowing what you do have control over, what is important to you. And so to me, that really applies to parenting too. How can I instill and promote and encourage confidence in themselves? Especially, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, uh, now, because there's just, because that, I feel like that fear stems from such a, such a crazy amount of uncertainty and, and conflicting information and opinions that, you know, I, it's like, you know, growing up, cause I'm a kid of the eighties, right? Like we didn't have to deal with that. It was like the only opinions you got were like the, the people on your street kind yeah. of thing. And now it's everybody's opinion from all over the world. And it just adds to that level of anxiety and fear of not knowing what to do and, and actually making a mistake and doing it wrong. Um, I do want to bring this out. Yeah. Denise said, I so agree with this and I understand this since I work with my students remotely, tons of, 
of remote teachers at this point, like thinking how they can best guide people, guide their students in this crazy, like virtual environment. Yes, <laughs> it's, it is really tricky. And I think it's not ideal for a lot of kids. Um, and, you know, every kid, even just within the family is different. And then they're different at different ages. Um, and so finding a way to um, both for you to understand how you can help each kid best in that situation is ter- is I was going to say terribly difficult is incredibly difficult and um, and also for for you to help them explain where they're and what things easier for them and simpler for them. But when it comes to education, I kind of I go off the rails. I have a very different approach to education. Um, and my my moonshot goal is to completely upheave the entire educational system in the U.S. <laughs> nice, this is a small goal. <laughs> That's what I want to do. And I, what I implore parents to do is just get really clear with yourself about like what do you want your kids to know, like what facts and figures and things you want them to know. What do you want them to do, like problem solve, think creatively effectively, you know, logically, like what, what is it that, that you deem really important as, as far as a skill? And then what kind of humans want them to become? And I'm not saying like you create all cookie cutter people because they're all, but there are certainly ways that you can encourage um, and show that these qualities are super important to you. Wow, integrity, holy macro. Wow, that was really, you were so compact when you did that. That was incredible. You called grandma. Oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe yeah. what Mason did. Holy mackerel, da, 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 da. And they hear, see you and they, they get the message loud and clear. So the clearer you are on what kind of humans you're trying to raise, like I would say, like say they're graduating from high school and the counselor sees graduation and says, oh my goodness, you know what? I just have to tell you, Josh is just the most kind and compassionate and like just creative problem solver. I just should be really proud of him. Think of what words you would want that counselor to say to you. And that there you have it. Like, that's what it is. I love that. I love that. Like, uh, and honestly, like just, just the fact that you are that you are thinking about this, that you are listing it, that you are putting these things down. I would imagine your kids just watching you do this, right? And kind of emulating that. Whether or not, you know, it's it's right or wrong or it's good or bad, like half the time I would imagine, especially if you're a parent, you've never done it like this before, you know, you're going to try and figure it out and kind of the work is going to teach you the work. But kids see that kind of thing. They see that you are thinking about this in this particular method or this particular way. And I would imagine that they're, they, you know, they really, that's what they learn as well. They learn like, they learn from you. They learn those skills just by watching you and emulating how you're tackling this stuff. So I think it's great. For sure. My husband both love projects and we're both like really creative in different ways, very different ways, but you know, and then the boys have these big projects and all these things. And sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, how we, we have no more space for this. And we think, well, that's what we're modeling to them all the time, yeah. you know, open this idea. And then we drop everything and do it. And that's what they see us do. So they emulate that. Yep. Yep. 100%. And, uh, and one thing that I love to actually talk about with people on the show, right? The, the one of the questions that I love to ask is, is this, if you can suggest, right, that people, 
you know, do one thing every day. And, and if it's really, you know, we've talked about a lot and you've touched on a lot of subjects, but, but in the overall sanity of moms in 2021, you know, kind of thing, what's a couple of things or one thing that you in particular would suggest that people do consistently to maintain that sanity, you know? Yeah. Okay. So the one thing, if you do one thing and take five minutes, like five minutes, okay, minimum, um, or max even. Um, and I'm going to say that some for some people, it's going to work in the morning. Some people, they're going to have to do it at night. So if you have really small kids and they're waking you up, you're, there's, there's no way to have quiet five minutes first thing in the morning, then do it after, after bedtime, like bef- right before you go to bed ideally, or in the middle of the day, like some, some parents I know they, they pass out when they're putting their kids to bed they're so exhausted. So if that's the case, maybe there's a nap time in the afternoon or they're on a virtual class and you can do it at two o'clock. So the bottom line is do it when you know yourself and you're most likely to keep it up period. Like that's the most important thing and say all you, okay, I'm going to set my alarm for five 30 and do it before everybody wakes up for maybe 10% of the people. That wouldn't work for me. I'd do it for two days and then I'd feel like a failure because I'd stop. So this is all about like being on setting yourself up for like success, right? Yeah. So I would say take ideally in the morning, if you can, you know, take five minutes to um, do some, any form of mindfulness. So this could be a meditation. This could be a gratitude practice. This could be this could be a journaling. And again, it's about doing what resonates most with you. So if you're like, eh, I'm not really into meditation. I've tried. I mean, I w- I could talk to you all day about why you should try again. <laughs> right. Find the right meditation practice for you. You will become so addicted so quickly, and it'll change your life. But if right now that seems like too big of a thing to bite off and chew, then try getting a gratitude journal or there's gratitude apps. So I'm, I'm not big on devices, but whatever you're most likely to do, spend five or 10 minutes in a mindfulness activity. So what this means is not resonating and thinking about what went wrong yesterday or what was on the news last night or what's happening tomorrow or in six months, what the heck you're going to do about X, Y, Z problem. This is getting really focused on the moment, the moment that you're in right now in this space, breathing, so, breathing. It's just Sounds real. so simple, but yeah, you know. You cannot function. Your brain is not going to function. You're not going to have clarity. Your memory is not going to work as well. You're not going to have focus. You're not going to have patience. So taking that moment to be mindful and breathe deeply and oxygenate your brain first thing in the morning is going to impact your ability to have patience with people you love, your ability to think clearly and make better decisions during the day instead of letting the day make the decisions for you. It's going to impact your day in so many ways that at least in my experience, that time goes from five minutes to 10 minutes to maybe 20 minutes and becomes a, um, you know, something that you're not willing to let go of because the impact is so, so much more than the brief time and energy it takes. And it's free. You don't for a class you you know what i mean like you just can do it do you uh do you find you end up doing it in a particular spot like physically do you sit outside or uh or do you you know do it in the same or does it matter for you because you just like to travel so you can make it work anywhere so for me you know 
when I first started doing like a regular meditation, I would wake up and everybody else would still be asleep because I'm naturally an early ariser. And I would just sit up in bed and with my eyes still closed and do it. I wouldn't look at my phone. I wouldn't go to the restroom. I wouldn't do anything else. I would just sit up in bed and do it there. And I, I tend to not love like guided meditation. So I would just on my own um, and like a simple box breathing or like a huoponopono clearing meditation or just repeating a mantra over and over again. I like to read. So I have all these possible like meditations I could scoop into. So I just kind of do whichever one, you know, feels right at the time. And that that's how I started doing it. Just out of curiosity, because you do it embedded first thing in the morning, did you ever sit up and do it and fall back asleep? So I didn't, but I do also meditate at night. And often I will meditate and then, you know. <laughs> and just zonk out. <laughs> and to many, that's how they fall asleep. Like actually like use it as a tool to fall asleep. And one thing I loved about, um, about TM and, uh, Fletcher, her meditation is, you know, who, um, you know, I highly recommend it as well. It has kind of benefits. Uh, she's Ziva, I think, is the meditation um, group that she has. But it's it's it always says like, hey, if you if you are supposed to do 20 minutes, if you do five minutes and you fall asleep, like it still counts. Yeah, and I was like, yeah it still counts which I loved because it gives you permission to like mess up and not self judge, which we're already so good at. Right. We don't need more points to like be judgy or bully ourselves, which I think a lot of people are doing right now. And we have enough going on without becoming our own bullies right now. Yep. 100% agree. I agree. So do a lot of people preach it. Right. (laughs) Denise, Denise said, uh, I was so meant to watch this today. Thank you, Josh and Amber. That's awesome. And by the way, like as you were talking, I didn't want to put this up to distract you, but Denise said, um, as far as uh, as far as the um, uh, dealing with your kids, right, and empowering them, I will do that. This is my mission. Uh, so that is so awesome. Seriously, the the follow. Okay, so talking about sitting up, meditating, and oxygenating your brain first thing in the morning, so that you get clear, right. For those of them never done it before, right? And I kind of want to try it. In your experience, right? If they did this, say every morning for the next month, and what is what is today? Today's what the fifteenth. So you know, so doing it all the way through to the middle of January, if they committed to doing that. In your experience, what begins to happen on like a feelings level and like a decision making level, and what do you think would happen to them? Well, I think what you'll find is the like adrenaline and cortisol spikes that you have throughout the day um, become a little bit less, right? And you find, I think, that when when you're really clear, when you're able to come at your day with a sense of, of clarity, which for me, that's what it brings, you know, like, oh, why am I getting all upset over this? I wasn't even thinking about that this it wasn't even on my remotely on my list of what's important to me this morning, my kind of mental list of things that I was thinking about. So why am I getting upset about it? It helps really kind of bring you back to center. So I think the course of the mind, a lot more calm, less worry, less anxiety, less frustration with tiny 
little new, like nuisance things that really have no business adding to the true things that you legit worried about. True things to be legit worried about right now, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And one of the things when when we were talking about fear earlier, I I wanted to mention um, that you know, obviously our, our brains and our, are set up to notice fear. Like we talk about this, like it's a survival thing. It's important, right? It's, it's an important part of who we are, but now the level of fear that we're carrying around with us is not serving us mentally, emotionally, physically, relationally, (laughs) like none of it, right? It's too much. So, but because we're naturally wired this way for survival, we have to purposefully, like consciously counter it with like really, really strong self-care tools. And I don't mean self-care, like go get a manicure and like take a bath. Those are temporary. Like those are beautiful in the moment, but they don't really last and they don't really hit deep. So things like meditation, gratitude, learning how to communicate more compassionately, like in very simple ways. So this is like giving somebody you live with like a very specific, small compliment at the end of the day. Hey, you know what? Like when you brought me that, that tea, when I was right about to go in for my interview, like that was really sweet. Thank you so much for doing that. Like that, that really made me happy, you know, specific ways. There's things that you can do that the direction of, your relationship and your mood and your, you know, physical self that, that, so finding the tools that are going to work for you and on purpose, doing them and incorporating them in, in your day is going to make all the difference in the world. And I think because there's so much fear, you really have to like on purpose, watch things like this, take it in, write down one or two things. You know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this one thing tomorrow. Yeah. And take some action, like, uh, you know, do something, anything, but like take the energy, that fear that the, you know, the, that the fear brings, but direct it towards something positive, direct it towards something good. And it's funny because, you know, you're right. Like, like the fear ends up being just this reaction mechanism, something, a survival mechanism to keep us safe. Imagine, and you know, everybody, everybody talks about, Oh, the person in the cave and they have to, they have to be fearful because like a saber tooth tiger could jump out and like kill everybody. Well, imagine that that same person in the cave, it wasn't just the act of seeing a saber tooth tiger and having to run. Everybody around them was just whispering every once in a while. I'd be like, Hey, it's coming. The saber tooth tiger is here, you know, from all directions. And you can imagine if that was the case, how like stressed out and fragile human emotions can be like it would just destroy somebody. And that's, that's kind of what's happening to us like today. Totally. Totally. They're like, did you see his teeth? Oh my God, I heard he's this color. He's so big. You know? Yeah. I can yeah. just see that happening. And yeah, it is what's happening. And so I think we can be kind to ourselves and say, okay, that's the situation. Now, what do I know about myself? What do I know about myself that is likely to work? And that's why, like, in my books and my courses, I try to, like, give you a whole bunch of options. Like, here are 10 different ways that you can get yourself motivated. Like, whether it's, like, the Parkinson's law. Like, So say you're somebody who, like, has trouble getting started. And, you know, you wait until the very last minute before something's due. Like, the, But then you beat yourself up every day that you're not doing right. it. Minute. So if you know that about yourself... You set a deadline that's way quick. Like if you think, oh, this should take me about two weeks, 
set a deadline of three days. Yeah. Like commit to somebody else. So like, you know yourself. So I like to give a lot of tools and then say, do the one that you're nodding your head about. That's, that's the one that's for you. And that's the one that'll get you moving, you know, because I used to read, I, well, I still do read a lot of self-help books and self-development books. And I would read them and I would say, okay, well, I loved your story. And I loved the tools that you use. They clearly worked for you. That was amazing. But I also know they're not, it's just that they don't resonate with me. So I learned a great story of what helped you, but like, I, I don't see how I can apply it. Yeah. So that's why like so much of what I talk about is like, you know, yourself. I don't know you. I don't know what's going to work for you. I don't know. You do you. Like, yeah. <laughs> I turned Italian. But, but it's true. It's true. It's like, um, I, I talk about that a lot too. It's so important for you to have a level of self-awareness so that you, you learn how you learn, right? Like, you know, what's best for you so that you can, you can have the tools to evaluate this thing or that thing or this suggestion or that advice. And you can apply them and do it in a way that's super efficient for you to just run through the mental checklist and be like, is this going to work for me? Like, do I know this about yeah. myself? Is it doing this? Because if not like, cool, but I'm going to move on to the next thing quick. Yes. And that's, that's the thing about self-kindness too, is if you, if you're not sure, then be gentle with yourself about trying something new. Then you say, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to try this for a few days. If I feel better, like I was telling people, I wrote a blog about like, this is not the time to do a juice cleanse. <laughs> Because yet I did the first five days of quarantine. I, for the first time ever did one and it it actually, it didn't backfire. It was fine. But um, I tell people, don't do that unless it's something that, you know, already, you know, you feel better. It works for you, but this is not the time to add challenges to your life for fun, you know, (laughs) unless you know it's going to work. And if you don't, but you still want to try it, then just be gentle with yourself about your exit plan. Ah, you know what? This is not working for me. I'm going to stop and be kind to myself about it. Maybe the next thing will work. Yeah, no, it's totally true. Like it's almost as if it's almost as if, there's there's power in learning something new, but there's also incredible power in unlearning things that you thought right were true. And uh, like a lot of the process is just is just you trying kind of new things and experimenting and being gentle with yourself to unlearn stuff that you thought was the way, but yeah. yet but yet you know are not serving you. Like some of these habits and 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 pitfalls that everybody falls into. Yeah. Or this works for your neighbor, works for your sister, works for your mom or, you know, you works, you hear somebody talking about it on a live Facebook feed and you think, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you set yourself up for success right now because, you know, it's important part of surviving and thriving through this period of time and coming out on the other side. I mean, just imagine that coming out on the other side being like, wow, like I got really clear with what was most important to me. I got to know my kids on a different level. I got playful in the afternoons. Like this is what I say, like, you know, if you have your morning meditation and then you do a nighttime gratitude practice, then in the middle of the day, you get silly. Like you do a dance party, you go jump in the trampoline, you roll on the floor with your dog, you know, you do something that's out of character for yourself and like a little bit uncomfortable and embarrassing. Like if someone's <laughs> recording you, you, you'd blush really, you know, like something like that. I, I think that it 
it releases endorphins and, and a lightness like we were talking about earlier that like everybody needs right now because it's really bleak. It's yeah. bleak. And if you're absorbing all that, you need to purposely counter it with anti-bleak, you know, with some anti-bleak. Silly- yeah, seriously, that should be like the name of your next course. <laughs> like, uh, no, and, and Perry and wrote, it's so sad that we need to be reminded to exhibit self-kindness. And it's, it's true. Like, uh, um, but like, but it's so necessary. Um, so I totally agree that, no, this, I, I'm so glad that we talked about this because, because you're right. Like it's a really, really powerful message to just be kinder to yourself, to allow yourself to, to move around, to not think that it has to be perfect all the time. Like to remind yourself that you're having fun too, just like on your road trip. Like, look, this is just, is this is just as much for me as it is for everybody else. Like, but I have to, if I'm happy, they're not going to be happy if mom is grouchy mess who's about to scream every time something happens. (laughs) Something's going to happen every 10 minutes, you know? So if you're go with the flow, that everybody's happier. But I was going to say, like, the thing about self-kindness that I, I wish wasn't the case is I think that it has this message of like, oh, well, that's a luxury. That's something you know, snobby, like, Oh, I'm going to be kind to myself and sit here and like meditate, whatever. It's, it's like, it's a necessity right now. It's a, it's a survival tool. It will save not just you, but it will save your relationships. It will save you from falling into an addiction that you're maybe on the precipice of. I mean, how many people are having everything that was underlying is amplified now. Right. So if you were struggling with, with food issues, Holy crap. I can't imagine right now if you're struggling with alcohol, if you're struggling with a marriage that's like got a foundation that's just wobbling and super shaky right now, like self-kindness is the first step to not only solving those problems, but like really, you know, keeping them from just disintegrating. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Cutting the legs out. Yep. Honestly, this has been so good. Amber, like, it's so impressive the things that you have done. This has been such a great conversation. I know that people watching and listening right now, if they want to continue the conversation with you, where can they find you in the internet world? What do you got going on these days? I have so like all my a bunch of free content is on I have a private Facebook group that you can join um, called uh, That Awesome Moms Group. That Awesome Mom Group. That awesome mom, something like that. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> um, that awesome mom group. I think that's what it's called. Um, and then I have a YouTube channel, Amber Trueblood, and um, and then my website, ambertrueblood.com. And I've got um, classes. I've got a class, uh, Money Mindset for Moms class. Um, because, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person that, you know, when, when quarantine started happening and I started, I just look at like, okay, what is, what is the pain point right now? That if this was solved, like pointed to your one question, if you could do one thing right now for the next 30 days. So I was thinking the same thing. Oh, my gosh, everybody's really, really feeling the pressure of the financial uncertainty of what all of this means to their future and their family and their selves and their lives. So what can I do to help that? Well, I can't send everybody checks. So what else can I do? You know, oh, okay, I can help shift money mindset so that at least they're not in a panic mode and they can start shifting their abundance mindset. So so I have a class like that. So yeah, so amberblood.com. And then um, I do have a free, it's like a 21 ultimate tips 
for mom's guide. And that's the, um, the link that I shared with you. That, that's, that's the awesome mom's link. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so cool. Uh, for those that are listening, for those that are watching live, it's, it's in the description of this video. And then for those that are listening on the podcast, it's in the show notes. It's going to be there. Click that, check it out. It's going to be good. Seriously, Amber, it is so awesome to talk with you. I could listen to your stories for days, to be honest. Like you've just, you've done so much. Just the mouse story last night in my house that we were up for like two hours chasing a mouse. Like (laughs) my life is ridiculous. Well, I'll tell you, I'm, I know that you're a busy woman. I know that you got a lot going on, but I really appreciate the time today. Everybody else did too. Amber, your message is so powerful. Seriously. Um, Guys, if you like this and you're still watching, check it out. Shoot us a comment. Uh, Amber, this has been so great. Thanks again for being on the show. Thank you, Josh. It was really, really fun. And I can't wait to be in Key West someday. Yes, yes. Well, you always, you. I tell you, we were talking about, uh, what did you call it? It was uh, Palmetto, I want to say. Like, uh, what was it? Uh, the the drink, the tequila and grapefruit oh, juice? Uh, yes, um, the uh, Paloma. Paloma. I'm going to have to try that. I've never had one of those. So, yeah, so Paloma's on me when you come down here. Awesome. All right. Sounds good, Josh. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, guys, this has been another episode of Fire Builders Live. Josh, Amber, Elvis, we're bidding you adieu. Just remember, we stream live Monday through Saturday, six friggin' days a week, six different guests. So come and check out another episode. If you'd like to support the show and check out all of the cool things that you can get behind the scenes, go to firebuilderslive.com. Check that out. Amber, Thanks again. You rock. All right. Bye. All right. See you guys. Adios.